As always, we begin by praising and thanking Allah, the only one deserving of all our attention, our praise, our thanks, the one we believe in, the one we put our trust in, the one who has revealed the Qur'an with the truth to guide all of people until the end of judgment, and we, until the day of judgment, and we ask him to send peace and blessings upon our beloved messenger, Muhammad, the last and final of messengers to come to mankind, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillahi ar-rahman ar-rahim. Ya ayyuhal nasu attaqu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahidah, وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا People, be mindful of your master, the one who created you from a single soul and from his spouse and then spread all men and women across the entire earth and be mindful of the ones that you ask your rights about and be mindful of your kin and relationships, meaning your family, the ones that are your close relatives, because Allah is always watchful over everything that you do. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ya ayyuhan nasu inna khalaqanakum min dhakarin wa untha wa ja'alnakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila lita'arafu inna akramakum indallahi atqakum inna allaha alimun khabir People, we have created you from a male and a female and we have made you into all these different nations ethnicities different backgrounds all of that so that you may get to know each other the best of you are only going to be the best through taqwa the only way to be better than another person the only way to achieve more honor more dignity than another person is in taqwa which is to be mindful of Allah to turn to Allah, to keep Allah in the picture in all the affairs in your life, to always be mindful that Allah is watching you, that Allah is the one taking care of you, that Allah is the one who will give you success in all the all your dealings, all your affairs, all your studies. Allah is the one giving you all of that success. And Allah is knowing of all the things that happen, that happen to you and all the things that you do. I was going through the different classrooms. Zimbabwe has 16 different languages. This is crazy. But it's all one nation. They're united as one nation. Just like the United States of America. It was many different states. They decided to unite for one purpose of solidarity. This is similar to the message of this ayah, the message of Islam, the social message of Islam that transcends any barriers of skin color or language or culture or background. Nobody has more honor. Nobody has more dignity than another person except 
in the way that they, in their relationship with Allah. That is the only thing that might make a person more honored and more, di- more dignified in the eyes of Allah. And so that's why in his, uh, in his khutbah, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, and he said it clearly, there is no extra honor for a Arab versus a non-Arab. Or for us, there is no extra honor for someone who's from here versus a stranger. There is no extra honor for someone who speaks the language versus someone who doesn't speak the language. And he went on and he said, there is no honor for a skin color over another skin color. This is one of the final messages of Rasulullah in his parting advice to the Ummah. He came with a groundbreaking, a pioneering um, mentality of social solidarity. Transcending all the barriers of tribes. You know, Arabia was a very hard place to live in back in those days. The days of Rasulullah It was very tough over there. Because your worth as a human being depended on where you came from. If you were for such, from such and such tribe, you had some chances in life. If you weren't, then forget about it. You weren't worth anything in society. That was the case in, in, the, in, his, in his time in Arabia. And the weak were being oppressed, taken advantage of. And it's in that context that Rasulullah with the message from Allah, with the truth coming from Allah, at first his followers were mainly and mostly the weak in society. Because he was standing up for their rights. He was standing to give them justice. And it took a very, very long time, but he didn't stop there. You know, you could say, at the beginning of his life, وسلم, he was trying to gather support, so he took whoever he could take. And he gave them respect and honor. But then after that, when he had power, then he, did, he went on with his business. But no, even when he was in power, he still gave respect and honor to the weak. He did everything, even entire, his entire life in Medina, he spent time to give honor and dignity to the ones that, because of the ignorance of that time, the ones that were not recognized, the ones that nobody cared about. He gave them honor. He made a slave to become the mu'addin, give him a very strong position of leadership. He would choose in positions of leadership the people that might have surprised other people that are thinking, "This this person is not from an honorable tribe. And that message of Islam is part of the reason why Islam spread so much. It's amazing that under the oppression of the Quraysh, Rasulullah he sent his Sahaba to get protection under a Christian king. Because he understood and he knew that that Christian king was looking beyond the differences of religion and race. That Christian king was looking for social justice and solidarity. He was standing for the weak and standing for the oppressed. So he, Rasulullah sent them to go under that Christian king who later on accepted, unofficially accepted Islam. So this is the message of Islam that made Islam spread so much. Because now after the passing of Rasulullah when he passed away, the Sahaba, they understood that this movement or this mentality that has started is groundbreaking. This has never existed before. When Rasulullah came to Medina, وسلم, he established what could be understood as the first constitution ever. That he made agreements with 
people of other faith in Medina, the Jews mainly who were there, he made agreements with them that we have mutual rights, that we will defend each other. And we are just like one ummah, united. And the word ummah comes from the word mother, as if we are all from the same, you know, back in the days they used the word tribe. We're all in the same tribe. And he made agreements with them and established a constitution to give the rights of all people. Human rights. He established human rights. It took a thousand years for modern day Europe to establish human rights. Subhanallah. So the Sahaba, they understood this is, this is tremendous. This social solidarity and social justice has never been found anywhere. So they came out with that message of social justice, social solidarity and peace. And that is how they conquered. Some people might look at history and say, how is it possible that within a hundred years, Muslims went from a small village to conquering East and West, that huge empire that no other empire was that large in history. They must have had huge armies to be able to do that. Because that's the reality of history. No empire grows except with huge armies. But historians have found that the number of soldiers who came out of Arabia were actually very small. It was very small numbers who came out. And the conquest of Islam was actually not only a conquest of Islam. For example, when they conquered Spain, when they invaded Spain, it was a Muslim and Jewish conquest together. So much so that when the Christians came and reconquested the Reconquista of Spain, they kicked out the Muslims and kicked out the Jews with them. And the Jews went to Morocco to stay with the Muslims where they knew they would be safe. This message of social solidarity, human solidarity and human rights is what convinced all these people to accept Islam and for the Muslim empire to grow so large. Even so much so that if you go to the West, from Arabia to the West, that part of the conquest did have some military. There was armies going out to defend the weak and take the position of the weak, or take the, take the defense of the weak. But to the East side, all the Muslim countries on the East side, Pakistan, India, Indonesia, the western part of China, which is Muslim, Afghanistan, all these countries, they became Muslim without any war, without any conquest, over a thousand years, because of the interaction that they had with the Muslims. That is how the Muslim empire grew. And so much so that different other faiths than the Muslims, under the Muslim empire, were able to flourish. Under the Khilafah of the Muslims, there was more churches. There was more expression of, of Christian faith and Jewish faith because of that social justice that Islam brings when it comes. And that completely goes against the assumption that a lot of people have that Islam spread by the sword. That look at how fast it expanded, therefore it must have been a lot of fighting. They must have forced people to become Muslim and come under their empire. Which is actually not the case within, I think I remember it was within 40 years or 50 years of after Rasulullah of the expansion. The majority of the Muslim empire was actually not even Muslim. I don't remember the exact number of years, but very soon after, the majority was actually not Muslim. And it's over, you know, the centuries going by that more and more people became Muslim and they became nowadays Muslim countries. That is the amazing teachings of Islam that have brought justice everywhere they went. 
And so on, on this day of International Day, we are living in America. And we can, be rest, we can rest assured that in America, we can fully carry and fulfill the values of America and the values of Islam. Because everything I've just explained now is part of the values of America. The Constitution of America was made with, it was, a lot of historians say, was inspired through the interactions that the Europeans had with the Ottoman Empire. And that they got from the Ottoman Empire, they got some of the concepts that they put in the American Constitution. You know, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is very similar to what we have in the Sharia. And this was inspired by the visit of the Europe, Europeans to the Ottoman Empire, where they found such tolerance for the other, tolerance for the weak and, tol and, and helping the oppressed, that now the American Constitution comes to give every human their own right, the human rights. And so we can see how Islam, the values of Islam and the values of America converge. They're not against each other. It's very strange that people might be asked the question. I remember this, a friend of mine back in France, he was asked this question, so it's not an American citizen, he's a French citizen. He was asked, are you French or are you Muslim? As if you had to be one without the other. But the values are convergent. Now, I'm not saying that everything that all Muslims do is, is right. I'm not saying that every single piece of the, uh, of American values is right, or me, people might have different values, but overall there's a lot of similarities. So we can be proud Muslims and proud Americans at the same time. And that is part of the message of Islam. A lot of Americans see the Constitution, the United States of America, United States of America, as a means to spread and create or sustain human solidarity, united. And that is also what Rasulullah came and fought for. Even to, so much so that it was something that was worth defending. Rasulullah never took arms to conquer. He took arms to defend the rights of the oppressed, the rights of the weak. الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي هدانا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله We thank Allah and we praise Allah for giving us this beautiful religion of Islam the final fulfillment of a line of messengers who came before Rasulullah to bring humanity to a decent peaceful living environment and throughout history, many times, there was a peaceful uh, living environment under Rasulullah and even before. Islam is not a new religion. Islam is not something new that came to go against something that was there before. Islam has always been the religion that Allah wanted for human beings. Yes, Islam comes with a few instructions and things that we have to do and have to follow. Islam, yes, does come with rules. The purpose of Islam has always been the same, which is to make a decent,
peaceful living environment for people. Now, that's not the only goal of Islam, but socially speaking, that is what Islam has brought throughout history, from the beginning of times, at the time of Nuh, and then onwards, Hud and Saleh and all the messengers of, of old, and then Musa, and all the, all the prophets of Bani Israel. You read through the Quran, every time Allah mentions a story of the past, there is mention of how the messenger came to defend the oppressed, to bring social justice, to bring a decent, peaceful, living environment for people. SubhanAllah. But then, even the Muslim Ummah was not free from this. When the messenger departs, when the messenger passes away, people started, do, started doing things. People who are hungry for power, they will do anything they can to get that power and, con and continue to have that power afterwards. So even within 40, 50 years after the death of Rasulullah people started fighting again. Among the Muslim Ummah, people started fighting again. Allah has brought us the guidance that we have a few rules and instructions to follow. If you follow them, you're going to make your life easy and you're going to make other people's life easy. You have to give 100% yaqeen, certainty into Allah that when He gives you instructions, these instructions are going to make you shine. They're going to make life easier for you and they're going to make life easier for people around you. They do take a level of discipline, students. They do take a level of effort from you that you actually have to get up and you have to make wudu and you have to go pray for fajr and you have to, there's a few things that you have to do. It takes effort and discipline. You have to put your trust in Allah that these things are only for your, your own benefit. You are the one benefiting from those. Allah doesn't need any of our worship. Allah has mandated this religion, this beautiful guidance for our own benefit as, a, as an individual and as a society. May Allah help us to understand this point. May Allah help us to understand how to implement His instructions and His rulings in our life so that we can have an impact on others. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana awzi'na an nashkura ni'mataka allati an'amta alayna wa ala walidina wa an'amala salihan tardah. Which is pretty much rephrasing what I just said. Ya Allah, push us to be thankful and grateful for the uh, blessings that you have given us. And, to, and the, the blessings that you have given our parents, Amin, and push us and inspire us to do good things, good things that you are pleased with, good things that you have mandated and things that you have guided us to for the peace and well-being of all of society around us. Amin, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een wa aqimis salah.